BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, dude, Mellard. Toodles, Doug Benson. I think is that like hello, aloha, like toodles is hello and goodbye. Uh, I think it's hello mostly. I think it's mostly goodbye. Toodles. Oh, see you later. <laughs> toodles. <laughs> what a dumb way to say anything. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Uh, I don't know where you pulled that from, but. Uh... <laughs> I just said that. I just called you Dude Mellard because I was thinking that would be a cool name. Dude, dude, Mellard. just have the first name Dude, last name Mellard. Yeah, it sounds cool, Dude Mellard. You know, you could. <laughs> sounds like somebody owns owns a dude ranch. Is it cool? Did you ever understand the expression "dude ranch"? Because I always just took it to be like you know some sort of somebody's winking about. Uh, you know, being a, a facility for all men. But now that I think of it. Yeah, I don't even know what it means. I've never really put that I don't think it was necessarily it. a gay ranch or anything. I just think dude ranch just meant like, yeah, I don't know the exact definition of it. Like, I just know it was an expression. I don't know if people say it anymore. What the hell is um, a dude ranch? Yeah, I know. I wouldn't want to go to an all dude ranch. <laughs> I also would not like to I would not like to eat dude ranch dressing um, yeah. oh, we God. have we have the coolest dude on the show today he's the freaking bartender on Bachelor Island that's not what it's called but you know the show Bachelor Paradise has an island he's the bartender and he's got a cool name. Like it's the perfect guest for the show. It's Wells Adams. It's Thursday, February sixteenth, and uh, I mean, talk about nominative determinism. <laughs> Forgot about that. A guy named Wells becoming a bartender. Perfect. It's so perfect. Let's go to work. Hello, Wells Adams. Hello. I've never heard that uh, intro before. Is that Guar? Because that was pretty badass. <laughs> That'd be sweet cool. if Guar had happened to record a song where they keep screaming about Doug's, but uh, with a child. Was, yeah, with a child. Um, that's just a uh, 
a, rel- a relative by marriage to me who I who uh, is uh, in several bands, but one of them is a metal band. So I went to him and said, hey, can you put some metal together? Because I just thought, uh, you know, it's a real pick me up. You know, it like starts to show off with a real jolt of energy to have a screaming man and, and a child. Absolutely. <laughs> Every time I think of Gore, I think of, do you remember the movie Empire Records? Yes. And uh, and Mark is like watching, um, he's watching oh. on an MTV video. Remember when they used to do that? They used to have uh, music videos on there and uh, <laughs> yeah. Guar's playing, but he's eating like, uh, I think he's eating weed uh, brownies and then he sees himself in the band and they ask him to be like, Mark, we want you to be in the band. Uh, every time I... Every time I hear something that sounds like gore, I just think of that movie. I love that movie. Fucking Rex Manning Day. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's one of those movies that uh, the, the people that know it and, and love it, are, they're, they're super into it. And I somehow missed the the window on it. I was a little, uh, uh, you know, my movies of that sort were a little earlier in, uh, you know, in film history. But how are you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, it's good to talk to you again. Uh, last time I was with you, I was on stage at um, the uh, the Dynasty Typewriter, and that was a, a lot of fun. I uh, didn't know what I was getting myself into, and to be on stage with a bunch of people who are professionally funny was a little intimidating, but uh, we had a good time. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, I think uh, you know, I uh, you know, maybe. Uh, you have a more uh, dry sense of humor and more improvised and planned uh, joke making. But uh, I definitely thought from, you know, the second I met you and we podcasted together at uh, in Arden's garage um, for the, will you accept this Rose podcast? I knew that, uh, you know, that you could, you could, you could hang with everybody and, uh, and it would be fun. I forget uh, who were you on with? Um, <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> well, I, I forget his name, but he's people. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're people that are paid to talk on stage, and I was just mm-hmm. trying to not black out. But <laughs> I, I was next to you, and so I was yeah. in a safe. I was in a safe place, and I felt good. Yeah, yeah, it was a I good place like, to be. I think. I feel like a lot of my funniest friends aren't comedian friends of mine, though. You know, you don't. I don't think it makes that much of a difference. You're funny. You got quick wit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's really the, it's a great show for someone to come on as long as they know one of us, because uh, you just can say, thanks, Doug, or, you know, just say Doug a lot (laughs) and you know, you're getting uh, everybody's name, right? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I just decided to take a cursory glance through my records and see who you're on with. And I, I can't even, I can't even find any evidence that it even happened. I think Amy Miller might have been there. Yeah, and, and I for, I forget his name, but he is he's a comedian from like Knoxville who's got oh, like yeah, a big yeah, southern yeah. twang. Yeah, and Trey was there. Trey, yes, uh, Trey, Crowder. Trey Crowder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was there, and then uh, yeah, one other. But uh, I have such a hard time. Uh, you know, I've had so many guests on on so many shows. It's it's hard to remember them. But that's where photographs come in handy. Yeah. Um, yeah. How's your last? How's the last week or so been for you? Have you shot down any uh, balloons lately? Yeah, I mean, I've I've talked to a couple aliens. They say, "Hey, dude, <laughs> stop shooting at us." 
Um, everything's been good. It's kind of crazy. Like, I feel like we've become so numb to the news nowadays. Like, there's a giant train crash, and we've definitely like poisoned, uh, I think, Middle America. And then that's being like looked over because we're shooting down a bunch of shit. But here's the thing: I think that we've been shooting down stuff for a long time. I just think that we all didn't have cell phones and like super zoomed in cameras, so now they have to tell us that we're they're doing it because there's just too much footage of it. Oh, I mean, it's just a grand tradition for uh, politicians, uh, you know, and the government to not tell its people what you know, things that they're doing that they think they're in the best interest to just keep it on the, on the down low. But like now this train thing is just like, it's just a great example of like the, the world knows about it. And yet, uh, you know, uh, the people that uh, led to it happening and now the reaction to it is not, uh, it's not good. It's not up to uh, uh, any kind of reasonable standard. So it's really, it is weird that, uh, that the balloons are getting all the attention. I just brought up the balloons, like, first of all, as a joke, but secondly, because I just wanted to, you know, say it and get it over with because probably every crazy podcast out there right now, that's all they're talking about is uh, how much the government is hiding from us with these balloons. But do you guys think it's China, Russia, (laughs) private, or do you think it's aliens? I personally don't have an opinion because I, I've only seen these balloons on TV. Like, I don't watch the Macy's Parade and start pontificating about uh, what planet those balloons are from. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, I don't I'm no expert on the balloons themselves or where they possibly came from. But I'm also not, you know, they don't seem to cause it. They don't seem to pose a particular threat. I mean, the idea that they're spying on us and and spying on important military installations is like really don't those installations have roofs like they're not outdoors <laughs> you know they're not like laying out plans on a map and looking at it you know through a magnifying glass on an anthill you know they're i don't know what you could fly over and see especially with some old ass balloon that moves so slowly <laughs> And is also just flying over a country that's like, I guess civilians couldn't shoot these balloons down. They were too high up. Yeah. But but, you know, if they weren't, they, they'd be shot down so quickly. But they're so high up that I don't know. I don't know what they could be achieving. But I just saw Biden, you know, had to come on TV and say, hey, we've shot down some balloons. Yeah. And then <laughs> but then had no more information. And they're like, well, what are they? They're like, well, we're looking into it. They could be this could be that like i don't know it's just weird how slowly this is uh, moving if they're not trying to you know if they're not using this as a uh, a cover-up you know if they're not just lying to us just because they know what's what and they don't think we'd like what we hear i like the idea of you know these balloons relaying back the information to china or russia and they're like okay what's going on they're like well it was a banner week for america there was a big train crash and then also mgk and megan fox broke up it's been <laughs> fucked up over there yeah the it's uh, crumbling it's, it's <laughs> i just don't know what their report what their what information they can gather that way especially yeah. with the uh, internet and uh and you know spies and stuff like you know spies on the ground i think could accomplish more you know, just go check into Mar Lago and start, you know, rummaging through files. 
Oh, yeah. Because I think I think those are just in the lobby of the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Trump's got like, like the Trump presidential library is in the in the lobby of the hotel. You could just thumb through classified documents. They're like using you... them as napkins in the bathroom. Yeah. Oh up. yeah, for sure. All the stationery in the hotel is uh, classified documents. Yeah. You know, you just write on the other side. So um Doug Mellard, my co-host, is a big Bachelor Paradise fan. So I told him, because I've talked with you and heard you talk about the show a lot. So I feel like, you know, I, there's not that much more. I mean, there's always more. But, you know, I don't have anything more specific I want to know right now about Bachelor Paradise. But since Doug is speaking to you for the first time, I told him that he could ask you three questions about that before we get to what we normally <laughs> Uh, talk about on the show i love it so away. all right doug let's let's hit him with question number one i audibly gasped when he told me you were on uh last week i was yeah, excited he is very I'm, excited. So, I'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> well, all right i'm gonna question number one. A, a huge mystery that i want solved which is uh, why couldn't Taj pee or poop last season? Oh, that's there was a, a, you know what I'm talking about, right? There's a very out of context, weird situation where uh, Taj Juan is on the beach and she's just crying and she says, Taj can't pee, Taj can't poop. And then it just cuts away. And what was that about? Well, the like site, the life cycle of the Taj Juan is a beautiful one, but it only it only lasts about 22 hours um, before <laughs> she's cast back into the sea. And generally, the life cycle of the Taj goes like this. She shows up. Um, she's very excited about, like, where she is in her life and, like, the and that she looks great and she's ready to really find somebody. And then, uh, and then she generally talks to somebody and things don't go great. And then she starts to sweat profusely. And then she starts complaining about it's just way too hot here. And then she freaks out um, because there's crabs everywhere. And then she realizes that she hasn't shit or pissed in the, like, the 45 <laughs> minutes that she's been there. So that starts freaking her out. And then it always like ends with her eating um, spaghetti bolognese, like in the pool for some reason. And then right. she, like it, no joke, this is just it. Every year, this is what happens. And um, uh, to give you like a little behind the scenes, she was supposed to come this past year, and we were so excited. And if you watch the show, I was doing all of these well story time things where we were like recreating yeah. things. Yeah, really and in anticipation of the uh, the twenty two hour life cycle that is the Tajwan, I did a well story time uh, for everybody. And everyone was so excited to to meet her for the 14 minutes that she was going to be there. And um, <laughs> and then she didn't show up. And we were so bummed because, well, one, we're always hoping that, you know, they find, you, you know, you want to have like a redemption story for them. And, and we were hoping that we had someone perfect for her this year. And then, too, like if it didn't work out, we were really excited for the spiral that is the Tajwan. And it just didn't happen this year. Maybe next year. Who knows? Oh, God. Yeah, just to see that Wells uh, story would be fantastic. I can't believe we missed out on that. 
I know it's on the cutting room floor or somewhere. I think if, uh-huh. if, to, answer, to answer your question, honestly, this is what I think. Everyone is so scared of getting Montezuma's revenge there um, because it happens every year. People get it. Um, oh no. And so if you ever watch and you're like, I haven't seen so-and-so in like three episodes, it's usually because they've got the runs and like, they just can't come out and they're just super oh, dehydrated. God. So a lot of people like, you know, uh, like max out on like, um, I, I don't even a Pepto or something to kind of like bind them up in case of, oh. and I, think, I think that's what's happening to her and a couple other people actually. Just snorting at Imodium. Yeah. To get ahead of it. <laughs> Just doing lines of Imodium. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Maybe Been that there. explains, uh, it was kind of a mystery when that one dude, uh, he started drama and then passed out from, from the, uh, being overexcited about, all the drama he created. Uh, yeah, he, he twisted he, his ankle. Was that because you think he was uh, dehydrated from having had lengthy bouts of diarrhea? Yeah, I think he was not feeling well. I don't never got like down to the core of what his ailment was, but I remember that night he he just didn't feel well, and <laughs> I think he was trying to drink it away, you know, and then. Oh. And then, yeah, he uh, he went down. And what sucked about that moment um, for like the TV maker and me was we finally had this culmination where they're I think they were they were kicking someone out. Like the girls had gotten sick of like it was Romeo and they had finally gotten sick of like his crap. And they were like, you need to get the F out of here. Like they were doing that. And so we were going to have this wonderful like. Uh, you know, getting kicked out and walking up the stairs and having to get in the car. And then he passed out and we had to shut down because the ambulance had to come. He broke his ankle. Um, And then like the momentum of all of that was just gone. And so we couldn't, you know, we could, he ended up leaving on his own accord, which is never as fun. So yeah. 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 That was, uh, it was so funny the way that he, you know, sets things in motion for all the women to be mad. And then when he realizes how mad they are, he starts to, you know, panic because, you know, Romeo could, uh, you know, could come directly at him or something if he found out he's the one that said something. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's mad. Hurt my ankle. Peace. (laughs) Right. He he could, you can't fake breaking your ankle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, he definitely passed out from the intensity. I have a friend who, um, uh, a, a quite well-known actress friend named Paget Brewster, who uh, was so excited about being able to go and stay in the spot where Bachelor in Paradise is shot that she and her husband went there for a vacation. And she said they were, you know, sick the entire time. But oh, that, but that they still loved it. That they loved it anyway. Somehow, I don't know how that's possible, but uh, that's what she claims. It's a cool little resort. There's actually a new resort right next door that, uh, like, I stay at with other producers, <laughs> and yeah, that one's a little bit nicer. But yeah, it's but it's like it's not a five star situation. It's you know open air, and there's not a lot of air conditioning. But the uh, the I will say this: the food there is is phenomenal. So I'm I'm bummed that she got sick. It's mm-hmm. funny that uh, you say that about the food because you know the show just picks on like you know decides well this person likes shrimp or this person likes pizza. And then, you know, of course, then they just show the person eating that exclusively. So it never looks 
that appetizing. So it's nice to hear that uh, overall that the food is great. Yeah, I think it was it was years ago that Josh got a bunch of crap for liking the pizza, but I will admit the pizza there is very good. The uh, like <laughs> the, the, the chicken the chicken nuggets are like fire. The guacamole is really good. I will attest the the shrimp tacos there are really really good. So yeah, if you ever get a chance, go there and 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 try not to get sick like pageant and uh, and eat yeah. some food. Yeah, it's uh, it'd be good to not get sick and. Um... But also, I, I, you know, you do see the contestants really, uh, the the uh, the guests on the island. Some of them really do not care for just how oppressive the the heat is and how uh, sweaty it makes them. It's tough for the girls because they have a full face on. Um, yeah, and the guys are fine. Like the guys don't really care. They're mo- they're more concerned about like making sure their six pack is like in order, but. For the girls, they will put on a whole face and then if it's a hot day and because we film it like we film it in the time in Mexico where like no one goes like it's because it's monsoon season there. So it's super (laughs) humid. Um, It rains every day. But I think that's one of the reasons why we can do it then is because we can, you know, book the the resort out for like the entire month or month and a half. Uh Yeah. Um, But yeah, like you'll see it's so sad they they start looking like um you know like the joker's makeup like it like it starts to run <laughs> down and especially if they start crying uh-huh. and stuff um yeah they just start to melt away and yeah, that's why you'll notice kind of there at the end the people who are there at, at the end ha- have kind of given up on the makeup thing and they're just like this is what we look like but it's yeah. always yeah. It's always funniest because those women are like screw it i'm not doing like the whole face and then we'll bring in new girls who are like complete like the the extensions are still like where they need to be and like the eyelashes are still like glued on perfectly and they're like oh no they're going to these guys are going to uh leave us for these you know these new girls of course the guys are just like i they're not looking at that you know they're just <laughs> they're just there trying to get to the boom boom room yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, most of the women on that show, they don't, they don't really need makeup, but they all, of course, look great when they have their yeah. makeup on. So it's like it's a, it's an eternal struggle. And then, but also, it's funny that when the guy, when any guy is in like hot water, like whenever any guy's having an intense conversation, the sweat that's like beating up on their forehead makes them look nervous, not not hot, yeah. you know. <laughs> so Absolutely. it's uh, and also some of the guys also <laughs> just are so sweaty all the time that you just think, oh, that guy's just a, a grease ball, you know. Like, yeah. He's just he's just a pizzapreneur. <laughs> 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 all right, that was a good start there, Doug. What do you got? What else you got for uh, Wells about Bachelor in Paradise? God, they're like burning up and having diarrhea all the time and don't have access to their phones. That's why there's so much drama. That's crazy. That's There's a lot going on. A lot of factors to keep, keep people cranky. Um, yeah, and not a lot is, of sleep. Not a lot of sleep. Oh, no, right. Yeah. That's what I think what, what makes everyone go a little loopy uh, there because you, like a, uh, a rose ceremony, it really doesn't – You can't. we can't start doing it until sundown so effectively we start up the day like of like the guys and the girls walking across the beach around 10 o'clock and then usually roses are being passed out around like four or five and then so then you have the next day happens and if you get a a date card or or whatnot or you go on a date 
then you're gone all day. So you can, they can start stacking up and then all of a sudden you're like, I don't think I've slept in, you know, in like three or four days. Oh my God. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a real, it's a real long ass shoot when they go on a date. Cause there's always multiple parts to it. There's like uh outfit changes, mm-hmm. you know, crew uh, meals. Uh, they just have to hang out and wait for that to happen. Right. Yeah, I mean, also you have to think like crew, the crew's union, so like they have to like swap out and stuff. So yeah, this, it's, a, it's a good amount of hurry up and wait, but there's usually two factors to a date. There's like a daytime portion and then there's like the night romantic portion. And so those two things have to be have to be filmed and and they just take a long time. And then throw in, you have to you have to be doing interviews while everything's happening so people are able to speak in present tense about the situation and then not forget uh-huh. it. Like, it's really hard to do pickups right. uh, on those things because you're like, that was, I don't remember, who, what did I do? You know, they're like, yeah. what shirt wow. did I wear? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's long. always what, that cracks me up on a lot of reality shows, though, where you can tell that the interviews were like a different day, you know, because they don't even get them in the same outfit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it's just like, well, I guess the producers are feeding enough to them that they can kind of respond and and make some sense but uh yeah the the sooner the better with those things but then like so then they're like in the middle of a date they're trying to find love and they're there for the right reasons and then they have to you know sit separate from you know then one has to go do the interview and then the other does an interview uh it's a it's a very strange date that they're on yeah it's a it's a weird <laughs> wacky world for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what's my uh, pet peeve is I'm tired of the uh, people getting scrutinized and then potentially thrown off of the show, which is what's happening on the current season of The Bachelor, where they they're getting thrown off basically for not being there for the right reasons, and people have decided the reason is romance, but anyone who's just there for romance is, is isn't. Uh, there's just no it's impossible for them not know that there's fame that potentially comes with it as well and <laughs> right you know like to just be like i'm going on tv to find yeah. love and the tv part doesn't interest me at all well then just go sign up <laughs> for some dumb speed dating thing at the yeah. bar down the street <laughs> you know like yeah. you're there to be on tv and try to find love like let's just say it like why are they <laughs> acting like the people that are there for you know followers are so evil when that's ultimately what they're all there for, because the romance it, part might not work out. Like that's the part that's yeah. like, well, there's a good chance that won't work out. So, but at least I'll have more people uh, paying if, attention to me. If anything, they're more honest. They're <laughs> just being upfront about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's really become like this dirty secret. Like, cause that guy Thomas got in like a lot of hot water for that kind mm-hmm. of talk and people saying he wasn't there for the right reasons, and now he's in a, one of the strongest relationships that's come out of the show. Yeah, with Becca. I think they're yeah. they're both they're engaged and yeah. Yeah. Wedding's coming up. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was there for the wrong reasons. Oh, was he? <laughs> yeah. I think I think you just caught him on a sweaty day because when that guy sweat <laughs> was sweating, he looked like a mean asshole. <laughs> yeah. He's also like six five, huge, yeah, huge man. So huge everyone guy. was intimidated by him. So sweaty and he just wants followers. All right. Uh Doug, ask <laughs> another question. <laughs> Because uh, you see it all, what is the ratio of on-air versus off-air crying? Oh. Um, I mean, the way 
the way we film the show is it's like let's say you're sleeping six hours a night so and that's that leaves what 20 uh or leaves 18, 18 hours, hours yeah. left i would say we film 15 hours of that wow um, but we, I, there's not a whole lot missed i i would say that oh wow yeah so we probably yeah, that's get the idea the that's yeah. the idea is to catch you know to catch everything because like when things happen and the cameras aren't there then it takes a lot of fancy uh you know you have to have, have more like everybody interviews with hearsay and stuff in them if you if they don't catch it yeah, um, and that doesn't that, that doesn't ever play well because there is no evidence of it all um yeah so yeah i would say we get we get most of it um, and then for when it comes to like when I get people to cry, it, it's usually <laughs> they need because they'll ask for me, which is uh, like a cool part of that job is because they know that I'm not out to screw them over. Sure. Um, and so they'll be like, I want to talk to somebody, um, but I, but I don't want to talk to a producer because I'm not sure of like your motivation here. So like, let me go talk to Wells and see what he thinks. And also I have the helicopter view because I'm hearing like the story from everybody. So it's also like, okay, how do you feel about this? But then um, let me just let you know how everyone else is feeling about this. So you know how like you're being perceived. Um, and so, so I get a lot of crying at, at the bar. Also, like, it's just a, especially if like you're a sad sack, I get a lot of sad sacks that like have no prospects. And so they'll just kind of <laughs> belly up and yeah. like, let's just go, let's just start drinking. And I'm like, all right, here we go. And then usually like two or three drinks in, they just start, you know, crying and, and, uh, and professing all the, the sadness that they have to me, to me. And then that, that's like a real bar. For about exactly. And that's, that's fun <laughs> for about three episodes. And then I'm finally like, get this person away from me. Like they're just coming <laughs> over and crying every time. Oh, yeah. There's just, you must get the, like, there's uh, so often there's one guy or one gal who uh, it's just, there's nobody there for them. And they're just waiting for maybe either someone else to show up or just to, or for just to be sent home without getting a rose. So those people must just, spend their time or try to spend their time with you yeah and when it happens the most like if they have nothing if they have no prospects they'll come and hang out with me because they have no one really to talk to other than me but then a lot of times like someone will be in like like a good relationship like like lace was in a good relationship this past season with rodney and then rodney i think like you know got pulled away by eliza for a date or whatnot and then so then she had no one really to talk to about anything because her guy had left and then so then it was like put on me to like make her feel better and stuff which i think i did and she ended up doing fine but like it was that's what happens a lot is is that they're the person that they have been talking to has left and they've kind of betrayed them and then so they have to come talk to me and they have to come talk to me also because the way the rules work there can only be one bar open at a time so if they want to drink they have to come to my bar if i'm working at that time Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because they know that they show, they show up at your bar, then they're going to, you know, s spill it to you like they're in a confession or something. Yeah. And, you know, there's always a camera at my bar um, because, you know, like, what are they paying me for if, like, they're not 
filming me while I'm while I'm working. So there's also a little bit of the well, I know at least I'll be on TV if I come cry to Wells vibe. Uh, yeah. I think you know. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Doug's <laughs> <laughs> taking notes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, okay. So here's a, I've got a question. Um, it's it's stupid, but uh, kind of plays into uh, the theme of why roll the dogs, where we talk about you know how our names uh, affect us, and um, so of course it's you know interesting that you're playing a bartender and you your name is Wells. Mm-hmm. But uh, my question is, are they getting top shelf alcohol at that at your bar on the show, <laughs> or are they getting Wells drinks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a good question. No one's ever asked me that, but there is a very definite answer. So this is what happens. Uh, in the beginning, it's all really good booze. Um, and then <laughs> I think like someone's doing accounting, uh, back there, like up in video village or something. And they're like, listen, <laughs> Uh, we can't keep doing this, you know, Patron's thing. So, like, can we get Hornitos down there? And then so it slowly gets kind of crappier and crappier as, as oh my God. goes on. By the end, right, it's just giant how, how discerning are they going to be when they're either in complete bliss or, or they're a complete mess? Yeah, exactly. And everything sort of tastes want, the same after yeah, like a month they just there want anyways. Al- <laughs> alcohol. Give me alcohol. Give me, yeah. let's do shots. Box tequila. Shots mentality. So like the shots are, do you think they're less strong or just less less quality booze? Well, like I said, like in the beginning, it's all like this last year, I think I had Patron in like the, for like the first two weeks. So we were taking Patron shots and then, yeah. And at the end, it was definitely not <laughs> that. And the it was not as I think we noticed that people were taking less and less shots when they realized like what we had back there at the end. <laughs> well, that makes sense because I know tequila, particularly if you you know if you have a lot of tequila that's cheaper, your head's gonna hurt more. From yeah, it, you know, absolutely. Uh, but that's so funny that uh, <laughs> that they just look. So do they do they pour the cheap stuff into the fancier bottle, or do they? No, <laughs> you, you just don't show bottles in general because no no booze companies are actually sponsoring the show, right? Yeah, so you just yeah, you, don't, we, you don't really see the labels ever, do we? Yeah, or they'll um they'll put like tape over the the labels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, but wow. you know sometimes the bottles like a distinct shape or whatever, yeah. I guess. But but that's so funny that. So you, but you don't have to. You don't have to personally do any kind of sleight of hand, so they don't notice you're giving them cheaper stuff. A lot of times they'll cut it out. So like, uh, especially if I'm making drinks, everyone wants them chilled. So like, I will have put the tequila in the shaker, and then then you'll see me with like the shaker instead of like me pouring the drink in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, they'll they kind of cut around it, I think. But also like, what a huge swing and a miss by any tequila cut like where is george clooney in all of this where like <laughs> it's like oh would you like another casamigos tequila like it's <laughs> it seems like a no-brainer yeah right. yeah yeah even ron white's tequila one in a million would uh, <laughs> would be great to have on there um we Hater gotta take salad? 
<laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> he has a he has his own. I when he did my weed show, he came on and brought a, a giant bottle of his his tequila, and I I haven't sought it out since because I liked it too much. Like it, I I don't want to oh. be like a I don't want to be like a you know serious tequila drinker. But it was straight up like it tasted like maple syrup, and um, did I you know at least from the one time I had it, I didn't I wasn't hung over the next day, but. Mm. We have to uh, take a break because we're, we're running out of time, actually, not out of time, but we're definitely way past the halfway point. And uh, so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We are back and we are talking with Wells Adams, as you know, and Doug Millard has one more. I told him he could ask three questions, and I and what I worried would happen has happened. We spent all, the, almost the whole show on it, but I love I love talking about it, and I'm so happy you don't mind talking about it because I'm sure strangers. I'll I'll jump in with one. How much do strangers like get into it with you about you know all the particulars of uh, the different people that uh, have been on the show and stuff? Like how how much do people want you to s- spill tea all the time? Yeah, a lot. Um, it's just, it's interesting, and I assume that you probably run into this too because I play myself on TV, and you you play yourself on stage. Now it's like a heightened reality of probably your real life and stuff. So a lot of people think that they know you um, because they see the re- the real you, or at least for me, they see the real me on TV all the time, um, and. So yeah, like a lot of people come up and, and and be like very brazen with their questions. Like it's all scripted, isn't it? Like this is all fucking fake. <laughs> and I and I'll be like, bro, have you watched the show? Like, do you know <laughs> the intelligent intelligence level that we're dealing with uh, with these with these people out here? Like, and myself included. Do you think I could remember lines? Like we're just, <laughs> just we're just living our lives. But yeah, a lot of people are trying to get like the the tea and. The truth of the matter is, is that if there is any tea, it's on TV, you know? Yeah. Also, if they, uh, you know, if everybody was faking it, it would be crazier shit would happen. I mean, it's already crazy enough because it's real. But, you know, like even wilder stuff would happen if they if it was scripted and they just got to go in and act it out, you know? Yeah. Uh, But people have to be like, that's the thing is people have to look for. Uh, cheating or some sort of conspiracy or something's not legit uh, with with everything. So I'm not surprised that you uh, you get a lot of that. But I also feel like you probably get the same sort of thing that soap opera actors get, where people have very strong opinions about. Oh yes, the people and how and how you should feel about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My my <laughs> wife included, which is hilarious because she's like a big fan of the show, and so she'll be like. And I'll take her to, you know, these rap parties or whatever, these parties that you have to go to kind of like to promote the show and everyone will be there. And she'll be like, I don't want to see so-and-so because I don't like them. I'm like, come on. You know that. Like, <laughs> no one's I'm, with, I'm with her on that. Like, yeah. I'd be like, some people are, end up being such villains in my mind that I, I don't know if I'd even want to talk to them because I know I'd be nice to, to them in person probably, you know. Yeah. That's the, the part that hurts. <laughs> the irony now is that Sarah is the host of Love Island, which is effectively the same show that I'm on. And so now <laughs> she has to like, so then the roles have been reversed where I'm like, I hate that guy. That guy's such a piece of crap. And she's like, no, he's actually quite nice. And I'm like, see, 
See, no one's ever as bad as you think they are. And no one's ever as good as you think they are either. Yeah, it's really uh, things are just more uh, heightened because of the uh, TV part of it. Yeah, the music uh, helps too, actually. Well, okay, now that oh, right. brought me to another question. The, the, the thing I like about Bachelor in Paradise over regular installments of Bachelor and Bachelorette is the wacky opening title sequence where each uh, person uh, on the island uh, has their individual moment that is you know, a combination of sometimes actually hilarious and sometimes embarrassing, but those are often also hilarious. So my question on that is in this last season, Jesse Palmer throws, I think a football in your direction. I think it was a coconut. Oh, and so it was coconut from him to you the way he threw it. I just, you know, he's such a footballer that uh, I got, maybe I got in my head. It was football, but you definitely catch a coconut. Cause then you immediately like put some coconut juice in a glass with it. Yeah. And my question is, cause I love this sort of stuff. Uh, you know, how many, was it Jesse throwing it to you? I'm guessing no. And then how many tosses did it take? Yeah. He wasn't, th- he wasn't throwing it uh, <laughs> to me because he's like, it, like where he was positioned was very far away from the beach, but uh, oh yeah, cut, yeah, it cuts together. Well, uh-huh. um, it didn't, so the whole bit was is that I don't ever look at it. Like I catch it without look. I, I keep my eyes on the camera. Yeah. And so I catch it and then pour it. And so it was harder than I think it looked because one, like I'm having to catch it through my periphery. And then I'm also Ooh. having to, to, to pour it in the glass through my periphery uh, all while trying to look like suave or whatnot or cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I think I, one hit me just directly in the head and oh, uh, God. that was fun. And then, uh, and then it t- took a long time. I, c- I kept on catching it, but it was hard to like catch it. Cause there's only one hole where it would like it would come out. So I, I, it was hard to catch it in the right spot to then pour it in correctly. But it was a couple years ago when cr- we did a similar bit with Chris where uh, Harrison uh, had a chipped a, a golf ball in the sand and the ball came in, it landed in, in the, um, in the glass and like kind of like ruined the the drink I had made or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, same, it was the same thing. I, I had to have my hand on the glass cause you really only get like three seconds to do it. And so then there was, you know, some like a lighting guy with a golf ball, like throwing the golf ball at the drink and trying to, <laughs> to make it. Yeah. And one time it hit my finger and it hurt so oh. fucking bad. That one oh took God. a lot. And then one time it broke the glass and then I was like, oh man, this is not a good bit. But anyways, yeah, it, took, <laughs> it took a lot longer than you think it would. Yeah. And what, you know, and sometimes you get lucky with those things and you get one, you know, quickly in the first couple, but it's really, it can go on. Uh, it can go on for a while, but those, you know, the take you use in the show is it's, it's perfect. You know, so perfect the way you don't break eye contact. It's, it's, uh, it's so smooth. And um, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> you do look very suave. <laughs> yeah, no, it's super suave. But that, you know, now I'm thinking about like, even if there's nothing in it, a, a coconut hitting you in the in the face or head. Uh, that's no good. That doesn't feel good. Yeah. Um, and the way you had to then do more takes without, you know, and then you have to not flinch when it's come, you know, when it's coming near your head. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's 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 crazy. Um, 
All right. So Doug's got one more question. <laughs> How many people do you think you've cut off over the years? Oh, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I can just, I can tell you honestly how it works. So um, years ago, there was like a big scandal. Then after that, there became rules of which people can only have two drinks an hour. And of those two drinks, only one can be a shot. And um, ah. I, have like a, I have like a little book where I mark down uh, what everyone's drinking and how many they've had. And I've actually got, excuse me, I've actually got a camera on me that is watching purely like me write down what drinks people are having. And there are people like behind the scenes denoting that to make sure that they're okay. So what ends up happening is, is that it'll be brought to the attention of producers that so-and-so is, um, is been overserved and they need to slow down. So the first thing that we'll try is that I'll try to make them a mocktail and then just not let them know. Um, and if that doesn't work, then I, I don't ever let myself be the bad guy to be like, I'm not making you any more drinks. Cause that's not my job. Someone else needs to be the bad guy. So I'll tell a producer, <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, you need to go tell so-and-so like, I, I can't make them any more drinks. And like, I am also liable for this. I don't want to get in trouble. So that's usually how it works. But, um, I will say this, there's been like four or five people of whom I really like. They're like my friends and I enjoy their company. And I am also uh, concerned about how they are perceived on TV. And so we have a, like a good relationship. And so there have been like four or five people where I've been like, hey, man, uh, like, uh, like maybe take a take a break for right now. Like, let's just pump sure. the brakes for a little bit because you're getting a little you're getting a little slur in the words and I don't want you to look bad on TV. And usually if you just kind of level people level to people like that, they're like, Oh, cool. Thanks. Can I have a Gatorade? Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. So yeah, four or five times I've done it where like, it's known that I'm doing it to them. Right. Oh, and they have yeah. to just be on that precipice. They can't be already drunk enough to start insisting that they're not too drunk. Yeah. I tried to do that early. Um, I, I, I don't I don't even remember who it was, but I tried to do it to someone early just to, and like was like, hey, man, like, I think you need to pause for a second. And it was kind of an aggro guy being like, you don't tell me how much I can drink. I, I'll tell you how much I can drink. I'm like, all right. Then I was like, fuck you, man. All right. I'm going to make you a strong <laughs> yeah. one. Have you face plant in the sand because you're being an asshole. I'm trying to be nice here. <laughs> it's like you're in a zombie apocalypse uh, in this job because you just have to be aware of that you know watch for that moment where somebody turns you know where they like yeah genuinely oh now they're genuinely drunk now now we really gotta <laughs> we really gotta deal with a drunk person yeah you i used to be that i thought that you could get really good tv from people who were drunk and I re I learned pretty early that like, that's not the case. One, we just don't air a lot of like interviews and fights of when they're visibly drunk because you're just like, you can see it on TV. You're like, Oh, they're just drunk. This is stupid. Um, yeah. And, and I, I found that like the best, most dramatic things that we've ever had are when we give everyone opportunities to sleep. So like the next day, when they have energy to, to like fight and stuff. And like we, it was, I think it was two years ago when there was, we had a shutdown because uh, like a hurricane came through like really bad weather. 
And so everyone got like two days off. And then when they came back, we were like, oh man, no one's, it's gonna be hard to get people into the groove. And it, we couldn't have been more incorrect. Like the craziest stuff ended up happening because everyone was like ready to roll. Like, let's go, let's, uh, let's fight. I'm angry at that person. And, and so, yeah, I used to think it was booze that got uh, really good TV. And I, I don't think that anymore. How'd you feel about that wrinkle last season where they took all the women uh, away for a while and then also just tempted everybody with new men and new women? Yeah, I think it was good. Uh, the thing behind it was ABC had ordered like six more episodes and it wasn't like we could we could lengthen our shoot time. So it was like, all right, how do we make more TV in the same amount of time. And the way you do that is then you're all of a sudden shooting two different shows. Right. Um, yeah. And it was like the girls and the guys, but what I found funny about it was it is a direct ripoff from love Island. My wife's show, uh, <laughs> they do it called Casa more. And so I was just like telling her about it. And she's like, you guys are ripping off my show. And I was like, yeah, but you guys ripped off our show first. So like everyone's ripping off everyone. No one's making new art here, lady. Uh, and I, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I, um, I, I think the women, we, the women got so mad about it. Yeah. Like they did they not seemed really, really hurt by it. And <laughs> very disinterested in the guys. Yeah, yeah. 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 And what was amazing about that was, so there was two camps of producers who had, you know, either you stayed with the guys or you went with the girls and the guys were having the best time because guys can just bro out and, you know, have chicken fights in the pool and like, they're just totally fine. Um, so the producers that had to stay with the guys were having a wonderful, like four days of, of, you know, work. And then the poor producers that had to go with the girls, they were like, you'd see text messages from them being like, Oh my God, this is so bad. Like I want to <laughs> quit my job. Everyone's angry and fighting. And this is so sad. Uh, and it was just hilarious. And yeah, w women like, uh, Women respond differently than men do in situations like that, which is uh, an, an interesting study in humanity, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, it was it just sort of immediately showed you which couples were in trouble because the women that went into a pure panic over being separated, uh, you'd get to see their men being not that upset about it. And then yeah. there was that one couple that both of them just held steady the entire time. They were just both confident. Actually, the guy actually got worried that something was happening with the girl, but the girl, uh, I think it was Serene. I think she like stayed chill the whole time and then just went back to the dude after the, after they split up. But you're right. Once everybody got back together again, just the having a few days to have their frustrations well up it really uh everybody just started started in on each other as soon as they got back yeah i i like those little uh wrinkles in the show like we we introduced um like a like a prom a couple years ago and that was really good i mean it, it was messy and dramatic and stuff but that i think it's good when you get people out of um of the place and it just helps with storyline yeah. Um, so do you think uh, you think it's going to be on a similar schedule to last year where it's it's on TV in the fall or are they going to move it up and actually get it out in the summer this time? 
I I hope it's in the summer because it's such a sh- summer show, and then you don't have to compete with football. Yet. I don't I don't like having to compete with uh, with college football and and or professional football on, on Mondays and on Monday nights. So yeah, I want it to be in the selfishly. I want it to be in the summer. It just also feels like summer. It doesn't feel like fall. So. I uh, thought it was fun to watch people on a beach in as the weather was, you know, heading yeah. <laughs> towards winter. But I don't know if I would want that. You know, it is so fun to watch a summer show in the summer, you know, while it's actually happening. Uh, even if it's just, you know, you know, it can go into September. That's fine. But, uh, yeah, uh, I hope they get it off earlier this year. And I, I sincerely apologize to the listeners who may be like, you know, saying hey you guys didn't even talk about what you normally talk about on the show but in my mind we talk about names and uh you know we didn't talk about your name at all we talked about it a little bit but we usually go through the you know first middle last and all where everything comes from and and uh it's it's a lot of fun wells you should uh you should come (laughs) on it sometime but uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because we uh, we just didn't get to it today, but but it's been so much fun talking to you about Bachelor in Paradise. Is there anything, uh, you know, uh, in addition to Bachelor in Paradise that you would like to to uh, promote at this time? Um, yeah. So I I do a podcast. I do it with um. I actually have two, but uh, the first one that I've been doing forever is called Your Favorite Thing or YFT Podcast, and I do it with Brandy Cyrus. That's Miley. Cyrus's sister who I've known forever. And we just talk about like our favorite things, uh, music books, um, movies, TV shows, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then the other one I just started doing recently, which has been a lot of fun. I did a, I did a fun uh, reality cooking show years ago on food network called worst cooks in America and I did it with uh, Tyler Florence, who's like a celebrity chef. So we started a new cooking podcast uh, called Two Dudes in a Kitchen. And it's effectively like me, someone who's not a good cook, asking Tyler, who is a good cook, like the tricks about cooking and uh, just to kind of help everyone become better uh, home chefs and stuff. And it's been really, really fun. And so if you're into cooking and um, getting better at that. It's a, it's a good show to watch or listen to. Excuse me. I was thinking maybe you, sh- you could do a show where you review various types of apples. You know what that's called? Um, no. Adam's <laughs> apples. Adam's. Ah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's good. Yeah. That's the kind of name jokes I had uh, all ready to go, but we just didn't get to it today. <laughs> and we so appreciate you being here. And, and if, you know, and if you have a, a, an hour to spare sometime in the future, we'd love to have you back and, uh, and, and finish out the interview properly. Um, Doug Mellard, what do you have to promote? I will be at the Empire Theater in San Antonio, Texas, opening for my pal Dan Cummins next Friday, February 24th. And the next day, February 25th, I'll be at the Majestic Theater with Dan in Dallas, Texas. Come on out. Ooh, neat. Um, We'll both be uh, kicking around uh, South by Southwest, so look for us there. And then uh, my next Douglas movie's taping in L.A. at the Dynasty Typewriter that Wells was talking about earlier is on uh, Sunday, March 5th 
at 420. That's what I do, Wells, is I, you know, I like to do these afternoon shows on the weekends, but I have to flip it as soon as as soon as the NFL's done for the year, then I go back to Sundays because I'd rather do it on Sundays. Yeah. But then when football starts up again in August and there's games all day every Sunday, I, you know, at least this last year, I flipped it over to Saturday during during that time. Smart. Uh, yeah. Cause it's just, it's weird. The, the grip that uh, football still has on, uh, on everybody. Yeah. Um, even with my show, it's hosted by a football guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't they, don't they know that? <laughs> a football guy throws a coconut at you at the yeah. beginning of every episode. Uh, Douglas movies.com is where all my stuff is at. And thanks once again uh, to Wells Adams. And uh, we always come up with uh, some sort of pun or some sort of clever title that has uh, Doug in it somehow. And for uh, this episode, I was thinking uh, that we could go with, but now you just said two dudes in a kitchen. So that got me thinking, what about two Dougs in paradise? Ooh, I like that. All right. As <laughs> always, <laughs> two Dougs in paradise. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>